Oh gosh. There's nothing like sneeze. I love to sneeze. Um, right at the top. Feels so good. Yo, my dog's been sneezing, sneezing so much lately, and it's so hilarious when he does it. Yo, that sounds hella cute, though. Because <laughs> he just makes the sneeze face for like a little too long. Just... <laughs> well, he can't cover his mouth, can he? <laughs> well, let, me, let me ask you this question. Uh, Age-old question. If you had to go to a dinner party with five, I'll say three people for the sake of time, dead or alive, who would it be? I'll make it easier. One other person. <laughs> oh, that makes it harder. Give okay, me 20 two. people. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you two people, one dead, one alive. What are we eating for dinner? That's a good question. Let's let's go let's go like fast casual, so like a Chipotle situation. Oh, okay. Or like an Applebee's, like a, like a again fast. I don't know. I don't know if Applebee's is fast casual, but you know, fast casual. You got like a hot hour with with them. You know, I got to go back to the work desk. I want to see Jimi Hendrix at Applebee's, and also Martha Stewart. Oh, what you know? You know what? I think they would end up just cutting you out. Martha Stewart is just probably going to talk to Jimi Hendrix all damn day. No, I'll sit between them. We'll be in a booth, but I'll be in the middle. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Perfect. One of those one-sided booths. Let's see. Who would I choose? Who would I choose? I think I don't I, I want to say I want to say someone cool, but if I had to be honest, I like one one of them would be very like Michael Jackson cuz he's dead and I I be I want to but only if like I can talk to them and they'd be honest about things. You know what I mean? I want to like, I want to know some shit. Do you get to pick which Michael? <sighs> 80s Michael. I would love to do like yeah, I don't want to I don't want to talk about like however old when he died, Michael. I want like, you don't wanna, like thr- early 2000s Michael. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't want to yeah, babies don't, off the balcony. <laughs> Although hilarious. Although hilarious. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> thriller. Like, like thriller or like beat it, Michael Jackson. If I had to choose. Or like right before. Like right when he was still mm. with the Jackson 5 and right before he broke out. And if I can get that to happen, then like Kanye. Again, which Kanye? Okay, so not now, Kanye. <laughs> Are we talking about slavery was a choice, Kanye? <laughs> uh, so not Pink Polo, Kanye. What was right, like right before? Uh, sorry, right after Pink Polo, Kanye. Like mm-hmm. when he was rocking with like Jay Z. Like like the, right before the, with the shades. With the shade, exactly, exactly. Or like eight oh eight and heartbreak, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Anyways, three minutes in, we're talking about nonsense. Let me just jump right in and say this is required watching, where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers. And learn about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm Trey Epps. I'm Danny Tavener. I was waiting and for you to tie that into this movie. <laughs> here's how I'm going to do it. The reason I'm talking about I'm talking such nonsense is because we're talking about the 19 sorry the 1974 film Young Frankenstein or Frankenstein. This is starring Mel Brooks. Written by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, starring Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman. And of course, it's about the classic tale, Frankenstein. But specifically, it's an American grandson of the famous scientist struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe, who is invited to Transylvania, where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body. Damn. So here's the thing. I, I realize earlier today that I picked this film and I didn't pick it to talk about Mel Brooks and how legendary that he is. 
So I'm going to almost largely ignore Mel Brooks in, this, in the context of this conversation. All right, let me just quickly say, the man yep. does not miss. Does not miss. Doesn't. Well, I know we say that, we've said that a couple times, but especially true when talking about Mel Brooks. For just, he doesn't miss, and that's just fact. And, I, I, and he's I, okay. still alive today. God bless his soul. Still alive and doing the damn thing. And Okay, I say still that we're at the beginning of the pandemic, he released videos with his son, like just on Instagram and stuff of like, hey, yeah. don't forget to social distance. And it was him and his son like acting out social distancing <laughs> through a glass door. And it was hilarious. There was no, it was literally just like, like miming comedy. And it was awesome. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And I want that in my life. I um. See, I see. Okay, so I, I did not choose this because of Mel Brooks because it's hard. It's hard to talk about Mel Brooks without. Like, I think I need another movie so we can have a much a much more proper conversation about Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. The problem is all of Mel Brooks's movies are like are great, and it's hard not to talk about those movies without talking about like the people in them and the story. Like, we can spend so long talking about Mel Brooks, like. I wanted I wanted our first Gene Wilder film to be Willy Wonka or Blazing Saddles, and for some reason I chose this. Um, <laughs> but like you know, the producers, History of the World, Spaceballs. Like, how do you choose a Mel Brooks a Mel Brooks movie that almost quantifies Mel Brooks? And that's the thing mm-hmm. that I'm like, I, I don't know what what the situation would be to, or what the movie would be to to really get us into like the best of Mel Brooks film. That said, I wanted to watch this film to talk about Gene Wilder because I haven't seen this movie before, and I I've only seen like clips here and there, and I, and we watched Love Gilda, and I think that's the reason why I picked this film because it, it was I think they met soon after something something happened, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, oh, perfect! I haven't seen this film. I'm gonna put it on the list and let's let's check it out. And a real talk, bro, was not disappointed. Not at all. I've seen this movie so many, so many times. I I didn't know the concept. I <laughs> I, I did not. I, it's called Young Frankenstein. I I I feel like if I would have took a swing, I would have understood what was going on. Right? Yeah. But I didn't understand how absurd and how comedic this was. I never I never thought Frankenstein. I never I honestly never thought of Frankenstein as being a drama. I know it's, I'm supposed to, but like even like the classic one, and if I was like, oh, it's like, this is a joke. Like, this is funny to me. So Young mm-hmm. Frankenstein just never appeals to me because it's like a comedy about Frankenstein. Sh- sure. But can I just say, I know I'm rambling, but can I just say the comedic chops or just acting chops, I want to say comedic, the acting chops of Gene Wilder <clears throat> is unlike anybody that we have around today i'm not saying he's better than anyone around today i'm just saying like it's i don't know an actor that we have right now that's comparable to gene wilder but like the subtle the uh, subtlety that just grows into intense franticness his ability to get a genuine intensity where you're like oh this guy's not acting anymore also i don't know if this is funny anymore yeah, like he yes. does the same thing in Willy Wonka, where you're like, "Oh, I'm genuinely like a little concerned. <laughs> like this guy's <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. too riled up right now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Frankenstein. Yeah, it's Frankenstein. Oh my like gosh! It's so funny. You're like, "Oh, this is funny," 
but it was a little too well, like it's just too intense. It's too, it's too, but in like in the best way, it's too intense. And like, I would not ask if I was Mel Brooks, I wouldn't be like, okay, okay, Gene, pull back. I'd be like, no, no, this is spot mm-hmm. on because it makes, I think it makes, <laughs> I think it makes everyone uncomfortable, including the audience where you get where, when that vol, valve is like released and we get to that next joke, we're like, okay, we like, we, okay, we're fine. Everyone, we're back. We're setting back to zero. We're good to go. Yeah. I mean, that's what comedy is all about tension and releasing tension in the right moments. So adding those moments where it's very dramatic and genuine acting skills just adds more tension for the next joke. Right. I, it's, it's, it's so, it's so good. I, it's so good that everyone plays their part. Like no one, no one, no one's phoning it in. And I think even I go like Igor's character is the only one that's like, as outlandish as the movie is as a whole, right? But, but everyone's playing it so close to the chest. And even Igor is, you know, who's like basically winking at the camera every two seconds, whether that's mm-hmm. literally or figuratively. He's playing it as genuine as possible. Like I'm this like hunchback helper, whatever, from the 1930s. And like, of course, of, of course I messed this up. Of course I'm going to be silly. Of course, like, of course, of course, of course. And and even I think even if people acknowledge how silly he is, like it's a it's a serious silliness. It's like you like you Abby Normal. You put Abby Normal's brain in in the body. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge problem for us. Uh, I love to judge comedy movies based on a metric that I've created called jokes <laughs> per minute, <laughs> and that's exactly what it sounds. It's yeah, how sure. many how quickly the jokes come per minute. This movie passes the test. This movie has so many great one-liners so frequently. Oh my god! And and they're even like a lot of them are like kind of stupid jokes or even like throwaway jokes. Yeah, but it's so like it works. So like Igor, get the bags. All right, you get the blonde. I'll get the one in the turban. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Perfect. So good. Oh man. I, I, I wish I wrote down. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the, the one that I was just like, walk this way. And then oh, my father used to say in times like this, Oh yeah. What's that? Get out of the bathroom and give someone else a chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, listen, even scrolling, scrolling on the IMDb quotes, like there, there are just so many there that you're like, it's just, it's just fucking gold. There's 81 quotes there. And, and I think you can pull any one of them at any particular time and they still be as hilarious as they are because we all like, it, it's, it's this weird thing of like, we all know Frankenstein. Like why, first of all, why do we all know Frankenstein? I still think it's not Did a you great read Frankenstein. Of course I read it. I don't know, but I don't know. Like I was like, I don't compelled to actually though. read it. The man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I did. I kind of uh, wish yeah. I did. I, I definitely, I, I remember having like a book of, like I want to say fairy tales, but that's not right. But it also wasn't like Grimm's stories either. But it was like, had like Frankenstein and Dracula and like all these random, almost dark versions of this other fairy tales Those and stuff gothic like that. Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I remember reading that, but I was also like, oh, this is so boring. This is so I, boring. I think part of it works in the same way that what we do in the shadow works. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we know the world. 
We know the characters. We know the tropes. So that's already there. That's like a given. It's built in. So everything else is just, all right, let's see how we could twist and recontextualize all these cliches. Right. Which, which honestly is fantastic. I, I, and, and I, like I said, I, I may have read Frankenstein when I was younger, but I don't remember any of the details. Like there were so many bits where I was like, I think this could be calling back to like the original, like the original text or maybe the original film. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I do find it funny. And if it is relating back to something that's fairly classic, then that I think just doubles down. Like, it, like sometimes something was so obscure and I was like, oh, I should know this. Like the tap you know dancing. I mean? Like what's up? So, that, that was in the original, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, that that bit was so funny. Like and also and also just like what a way. Like the whole thing is. Let me just backtrack. So th- this is considered like a comedy horror, right? And very, I think, very different from what we now call a comedy horror. But mm-hmm. what a great way to be absurd and funny the entire way through before we get to Frank to the creature, right? which I believe is what they call Frankenstein in this one. Not, not Frankenstein, but Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's the doctor, Trey. I know, I know. What a, what a uh, thanks, everyone, who has ever said that. Uh, let's be honest. It's all... It's, it's all monster. Frankenstein. Okay. It's all Frankenstein. <laughs> so, so like, just being so absurd up until Frankenstein, up until the monster is actually re- reanimated, and then to have, and then to actually have the monster do all of these crazy things, and essentially like go around town, like you know, uh, like helping villagers and like being this like kind of positive thing for all the villagers, and then having like the mob kind of be scared of him, uh, scared of him, and kind of want to take him down naturally. But then to all bring it back to like this show where they where they're tap dancing, I thought it was so funny, and it was like the singing was such a great choice. Oh gosh, so good, so good. I, I, I just really enjoyed each and every moment of that. Let's see. I don't know. It's hard to talk about this movie without just quoting every single joke from it. <laughs> I mean, go for it. <laughs> go for it. He's like, "Would you like some warm milk?" No. <laughs> oh. So Gene Wilder said, "This is one of his uh, favorite films that he's ever made." Aerosmith apparently got walked this way from in this film. Damn. I, wow, that kind of changes the entire song. <laughs> Doesn't it just? Doesn't it fucking just? Now, I just want to, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. I think more people should do songs inspired by Young Frankenstein. What would your song, just some of the bits that your song would be based off of? All right, do a, like a sexy R&B song from referencing when they had sex on the... Yo, that's hilarious. The, Dude, the that's table hilarious. Through, the, through the ceiling. That is so funny. And I, obviously, yeah. like, a line in that would be like, I'm alive. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that being a TikTok dance, for sure. Well, I, I really wish we had enough listeners to make that entire thing come true. We need to get in contact someone, with somebody for someone out there. Someone, please. I'll be honest. I have nothing, nothing else about this film, and I know, I know, I know. I came up top saying I'm not going to talk about Mel Brooks, so I'm kind of sticking by that. And looking at his at his filmography, I know that we have at least one other film before I start to gush about Mel Brooks and what he's done for film as a whole. 
but yeah, like my, 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 I, it's hard. It, like, this is so very, I think we talked about Gene Wilder. We talked about the jokes, but I think it's very much an ensemble cast. The way the, the three of, um, the three of our characters, Gene Wilder, uh, Gene Wilder's Frankenstein and Igor and what's her face? Is that Elizabeth, I want to say, or Inga, whatever, whoever Inga. it was. But the, the the way like the three of them kind of bounce off each other during that entire thing, and like then when the villagers came in and the monster came in, like I feel like each addition, each addition to each additional cast member that came in and out of the film added on and didn't take away. Like it was very much this cohesive machine that was, ironically, <laughs> this cohesive machine that was like building up to some to like this 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 like third act climax, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think when we get there. When we get to this very end, everyone feels settled. Everyone feels satisfied, and we we're not we're not here kind of second guessing what we watched because everything makes sense. Everything is still funny, and almost everyone has a place. Yeah, everyone has a place that that feels right. And I just I just realized that Frau Frau Butcher was Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. I, I, I did not realize that was her. I, I, there was one scene where I was like, oh my God, she looks so young. I didn't realize that she passed away in January. Oh yeah. RIP. She was 94 though. So So it's okay. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, with that, Dan, I've got nothing. Oh, okay. I I thought I was taking away from your notes. Surprisingly short because I'm almost holding back. Again, I think, I think kind of with these kinds of movies, when we both, I would imagine, both kind of like it, we get to this point of like, do you want to just laugh at all the things that we found funny? Or like, how do we talk about this in a much more intellectual and smart way? And I think we got all of that out the way in the beginning. That said, also, let me just say that Mel Brooks, as a director, and I guess Gene Wilder as as co-writer, made the the effort to, I'll just leave this into my, whether or not I think it's required watching, which I do, but... Like Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks made decisions to go back to like use the the still the, the sorry use like set props and stuff like that from the 1930s film into this film. Use I believe it wasn't the art director, but he had something to do. Like he was an uncredited arts person on the original film, and he still had a lot of the, the stuff, and ended up crediting him on this film. And again, being like shooting it in black and white in the seventies was crazy, and and like the way the transitions were, it was very much, it, it was very much as if it were done in the thirties, and you know this was mm. kind of like the sequel to to Frankenstein back in the day. Yeah, it um, felt like something like. Did we watch the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? Yeah. Haven't we? Oh, yeah. You, you but it felt like yeah, it felt like one of those like gothic thirties horror movies, or like Nosferatu. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. That movie was really good. I mean, even when I look at Nosferatu, which again, I, I think I'm not supposed to have that much fun with Nosferatu, but I even look at that and I look at this and I'm like, those are those live in the same world. Yo, that man carried around a coffin. You can't not <laughs> laugh at that movie. <laughs> he just carried presumably a, I don't know, let's say generously a hundred pound coffin. Sure, sure. Made of solid oak under his arm, just prancing about yeah. town. Jogging. Jogging. <laughs> so far. Or will they do the double speed? Oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the horses? Oh, my God. 
So good. Uh, but again, the, like those movies live in the same world. And I, and I, t- I take them both seriously, as ridiculous well, as they may be. That's, <laughs> I think that's also the genius of Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks is they probably watched something like Nosferatu right. and they were like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> and they used similar elements and styles to, 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 to heighten the yucks. Heighten the yucks. I love that. As they say uh, in the biz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're teaching us so much today, Dan. <laughs> Jokes for a minute. Heighten the yucks. Love it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. With that said, then, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it is required for me. Yeah, definitely required. It's a perfect example of taking source material and twisting it into a comedic lens. Also, a perfect example of making... I don't want to say easy jokes, but making lowbrow jokes sure. that for whatever reason pop like mm. they really hit on a different level. Like the fact that the book that he finds is called like how I did it, <laughs> like small, small stuff like that really <laughs> just emphasizes all the humor in in this movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you, Mel Brooks. Thank you. Thank you, dear sir. Listen, that said, Dan, let's wrap this bitch up. Thanks so much, dear listeners, for listening. I mean, without you, and we, I think we'd still be doing this, but without you, we uh, are nothing. Probably. So if you, enjoy, if you enjoyed this episode or the show at all, leave a rating and review. It seriously, seriously helps us out. We're a teeny tiny show. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, to catch the latest from the show on social media, you can catch us on at Required Watch on Instagram and Twitter. And you can catch me at Trade.Eps on Instagram and Trade.Eps on Twitter. Dan. At Danny Taverner everywhere. Every effing where. I just found out my friends were like, hey, we just found your LinkedIn. It's pretty outdated. And I had my, (laughs) the resume that I used in high school still updated. Oh my God. On my LinkedIn. Or maybe not high school, maybe college. Yeah. Man, I had to delete that quick. <laughs> it was like drama club president, all this stuff that I'm like, oh, oh I shouldn't be God. telling people about this 10 years later. Oh my gosh. Remember, like, remember when, people, when people told us those were important things to tell people? <laughs> yeah, they weren't true. Yeah, fucking lies. Lies that we were told. Anyways. No one cares that I won a poetry contest freshman year of college. I mean, unless, unless you're Amanda Gorman and, you know, then you started speaking at hearings and whatnot. But you weren't. I know you weren't. <laughs> Fucking liar. Dan, until, until next time, buddy. Laters. Peace. Peace.